Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. This is the Men of Valor program, and welcome. Uh, Randy, today we're continuing our journey through the new Fight of Your Life book that I co-wrote with Dr. Tim Clinton of the American Association of Christian Counselors. And today we arrive at uh, a theme uh, in Chapter 11 that I'm guessing I've preached on this show at least 25 times. Well, it's a near and dear subject to your heart, Mark. You, um, You know a lot about the effectiveness of this topic. And that topic is? Accountability. Accountability. That's right. The, the chapter is actually titled Accountability, Why We Need It to Work. Yeah. So to get into this uh, pretty quickly today, really, for us, we need it to work because uh, it's a recognition that uh, by ourselves, all alone, Satan is going to have his way with us, you know, that we uh, are powerless over our lives. Paul, when he talks in Romans seven fifteen about... Uh, not doing the good that I want to do and, and doing the evil that I hate. That's a statement of powerlessness that we all have. So if even the uh, writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, one of the saints of the church, uh, can admit to his own powerlessness, I think all of us men uh, that are seeking to change something, seeking to stop something, start something, you know, our chances of doing this on our own are slim to none. Uh, we're going to need other men around us, you know, helping us with that. Well, I like what you and Tim have done as you jumpstart this chapter because you use uh, a passage from Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Yeah, and then, you know, there's also uh, the idea that, a, uh, you know, a cord of two strands is certainly stronger than a cord of one strand. So I think most people get the idea that there are strength in numbers. Uh, but I do think one of the major mistakes that I've heard over the last 28-plus years now uh, that, that men make is the idea that two guys is enough. In other words... Me and another guy, we're going to be in an accountability relationship. And I'm guessing, as most of our listeners know, I, I believe that is not nearly enough, that we need uh, a group of men, and that's where we get our strength. Right. You know what this reminds me of? You and I are from the same, being uh, movie and uh, TV buffs, this, uh, what you just got done saying, gave me a flashback to a childhood favorite show growing up in my household with my dad was Sunday nights to watch Bonanza. 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 And Ben Cartwright and his sons, yeah, he was right. constantly teaching his sons uh, life lessons. And there was one particular episode where little Joe was trying to accomplish something and trying uh, to do it on his own with no one's help and was totally frustrated and falling on his face. And and his father took walked over to his desk. And you always remember this gigantic desk that seemed to be in, right. the, in the middle of their beautiful home right. on the Ponderosa. And he picked up... Uh, he picked up a stack of brand new pencils, yeah. and uh, he said, uh, and it was like 10 pencils, and he handed them all lined up to him, and he said, attempt to break this, you know, and he, and he took it with all its strength. He could not snap 
10 right. pencils at once. Right. And then he said, now take one. And he just snapped one, you know, one pencil. And he said, you know, there are strength in numbers. There That's are, right. you know, you, you, on your own, you don't have the strength, right. you know, but it's with the help and, uh, and in a relationship uh, with, a, with a group that you find strength. That is exactly, um, that is exactly right. And, uh, a reading from the book of Ben Cartwright. <laughs> from Ben Cartwright. Well, I think what that reveals is that it's, it's rather common wisdom. To know that there are strength in numbers and that there's strength in a group, there's strength in fellowship. And uh, strangely enough, I mean, we could tie a lot of things together now, but we also know that neuroscientifically, one of the main ways to learn how to manage our emotions and manage our mistaken core beliefs is by being around a group of uh, people that are truth tellers. And um, one of the main features of accountability is that we want the people that we're in accountability with to be Christians who are familiar with truth and are capable of uh, reminding us of truth, truth of Scripture, truth of God's love for us, um, truth of God's you know plan for us, and so forth. So one of the most fascinating you know things about accountability to me is that while on the one hand I know all of this stuff in my head, and I I you know in, in as I serve as accountability partner to various other people you know I can sometimes you know tell them truth um but there may be times when I don't necessarily believe it for myself and I'm going to need them uh at some point to turn around and also remind me of truth well and that's the the strength in having that because it's a reciprocal ex- exercise right. Right. you know I like how you say that accountability renews both our minds and our emotions that's right so I see it all the time every week because one of my great uh, good fortunes here is to be able to lead our uh, evening groups week to week to week to week. And uh, as you see the life of a group over time, you can just see uh, almost every week there's one guy who kind of finally gets it that uh, he needs the group. And, and those are the guys that will come in the group and they will say, I'm not sure what I would do without this group. Uh, I've been looking forward to it all, all week. Uh, I, I've been waiting to come, and, and I just tonight need fellowship. I, I just love it when the guys kind of grasp that because, you know, as they grasp it, their chances of staying sober and their chances of being the men that God calls them to be increase dramatically. Well, as we opened the show, you did a great job of establishing the fact that we've spoken about accountability many times on this program. And uh, I've got favorite stories that you tell, uh, such as the mulberry tree uh, removal. You know, that's a perfect example of someone who came with something on his heart where he needed to turn to his accountability group. And and it wasn't a, a, a thematic um, you know, weakness of, of will or mind. Uh, it was a physical problem in his backyard, uh, and he didn't know what to do. And he turned to his accountability group, and once again, this same group of guys came right. to his rescue. Right. Uh, and, uh, and you know, our listeners, for the most part, will probably remember you telling that story. Uh, all of these kinds of stories show the wide range of support that you get when you have an accountability group. Well, that's- story you know uh it's basically about a request by the wife to cut down a tree and the guy had no uh, manual skills i mean he had no experience with uh, power uh, tools power tools or chainsaws or 
you know, climbing trees or whatever else you need to do to cut down a tree. And I think at some point, accountability does begin with, with the recognition, acceptance that you, you, your own wisdom, your own knowledge, your own strength, your own skill is, is limited or non-existent. So it basically starts with an admission of your own weakness and a a statement of need, which, you know, is a key part of accountability. It's by myself, I'm powerless over sin. I'm powerless over sexual temptation. Uh, I need your help. Um, That was a great example of I need your help. Uh, Anybody here have knowledge of how to cut down a tree? Well, you know, eight guys had that knowledge, and they all showed up because there was a promise, by the way, of free donuts and coffee. And maybe they got out of the house on Saturday morning to go be able to do that. And uh, they they made quick work of that tree, uh, which is a wonderful example when you admit your own weakness and you state a need. I find that guys are more than willing to uh, be helpful in that situation. And imagine how, on both sides of that issue, respect was earned. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, the, yeah. the guy who stated his needs and came and admitted his uh, lack of experience in that field right. uh, and said, I need your help. Uh, here's what I can supply, coffee and donuts. I, th- yeah. That I can do. Right. Uh, you know, and these other guys went, well, heck, I've, I've got the chainsaw. I've got the... Yeah. the I've got the vehicle to haul it away. I've got the grinder to to get the stump out. Um, I would think that following that Saturday morning, that group was closer than ever. Well, I think that's right. And it's not the first time some of those guys have gathered. Uh, It it was not the first time that that, those guys had gathered in fellowship. And it hasn't certainly been the last time uh, because there's been other, strangely enough, projects that, you know, now they all kind of enjoy. you know, getting together and building something or creating something or doing something together. And uh, I think uh, one of my pictures of it was like the old-fashioned barn raising. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. You know, exactly where, right. Uh, you know, some guy, he may have had carpentry skills, but certainly not enough to man, build a house. manpower or strength to build a whole barn or house. Right. And so the whole community would gather, and in a given day, the women, well, I'm going to be gender stereotypical here, but the women would make food, the men would uh, they'd raise a barn in a day. That's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about community coming together to be helpful to each other. Well, that's where one of the glowing examples of, of teamwork, uh, as you're describing it just now, I think of the Harrison Ford movie Witness, where he was in the Amish community, right. and, and they have a barn raising or a home, yeah. you know, and right. you're right, in the course of a day, this community builds a home, and I don't mean a shack, I, I yeah. mean a, right. a substantial home, uh, but, uh, you know, Again, it kind of shows the diversity and the depth that an, that an accountability group can have for you. That's right. Uh, because as men, we have this tendency, this macho, this pseudo macho tendency to think that we're capable of doing, you know, all things. When it comes right down to it, and the guy finally admitted, I don't, I don't know which end of a chainsaw, you yeah. know, you you, yeah. you pick it up with, you know. Right. And instead of being mocked and ridiculed, he had a group of yeah. guys that turned to him and said, Well, well, I do, and let me 
me help, you know? Yeah, let me show you how to use it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fantastic. Well, let's take our break right now because, uh, I, as you can tell, this is one of those balls that I hand to you and you can run with all day long. Uh, and so uh, we'll return after our break uh, with more great uh, insight on the subject of accountability from the fight of your life. This is the Men of Valor program, and you're listening to Dr. Mark Laser. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. I occasionally poll groups and uh, groups of uh, the men, obviously. Uh, we occasionally uh, poll the wives group uh, to see whether or not uh, they might have an example of, a, of something that's triggering to the wives. And uh, today, uh, I was killing some time with a couple in my office because we were waiting for Deb to finish her appointment and come up and join us. And so I was just asking the wife, we have the radio show, we're going to be recording it later. We like to sometimes feature triggers for the wives. Do you have anything that comes to mind? And uh, boom, right out of her mouth said, anniversaries. And I said, I, you know, usually I play dumb because I want him to talk more about it. I, I got what she meant. But, you know, she basically said, there's anniversaries that come along in the first year or two of recovery that are hard to know what to do with. The main one is the the wedding anniversary. You know, the husband's been unfaithful in whatever way, shape, or form. Um, you're not going to feel uh, much at all like celebrating your your anna- wedding anniversary. Your wedding anniversary because the vows have been violated, and um, you know what what is there to celebrate. So, um, but then she went on to say, 
And that's just one of them. That's probably the main one. But then there's also the anniversary of uh, when I first found out about this. There's the anniversary of when we finally went to counseling. There's there's all kind of different anniversaries. And sometimes they, they get kind of funky uh, in terms of what emotions they bring up. You know, they may bring pain, sadness, grief, anger. Interestingly enough, uh, in our own situation, um, Debbie and I, when uh, we got into recovery, we'd been married for 15 years. And what we did in the first year was we established a new anniversary uh, where we had rededicated our marriage vows. And for the next 10 years, we celebrated that new date. Finally, when we were approaching our 25th anniversary and there were family around us that kind of wanted to celebrate that, we were finally able to uh, recognize that uh, the first 15 years uh, were not all bad. There was a lot of great things that happened, including the birth of our three children and lots of other good things. And uh, we were finally uh, ready at that point to uh, celebrate uh, both anniversaries, and that uh, remains true to this day. So um cost you a near fortune in gifts and cards, but, you know, it's still worth it. Well, you know, also, <laughs> you know, the rededication, uh, the recommitment of the vows, you yeah. know, cost a new ring. Right. But, uh, you know, that was fine because, you know, given everything else that had happened, uh, that was just a very meaningful thing to do. But I, I'm just wanting our listeners, particularly the wives, to know that anniversaries of uh, various occasions in this recovery journey can be, you know, very hard. We very much appreciate the input of that trigger uh, by that uh, spouse this morning. That's a, a great favor to us here on the Men of Valor program. Well, we return you now to our discussion today of Chapter 11, Accountability, Why We Need It to Work. Well, one of the things I'm thinking about is that in the book, uh, which we can't you know, read these verbatim today, one of the things that I like about this chapter is that it has several conversations in it that take place between a particular guy about a particular problem and his accountability partners, uh, his accountability group. And in those conversations, you get an idea of what a uh, healthy conversation about um, accountability uh, sounds like. So I would encourage the readers to look at that, uh, uh, the listeners to look at that and perhaps read them. But basically, they indicate the fact, uh, the principles that we've been talking about, that a guy is coming in and he's admitting his powerlessness. He's state, stating he needs help. And then I think the conversations are about how to offer help in a healthy way. And a lot of it has to do with reminding a person about what's really true. So um, a lot of times accountability is simply about speaking the truth and uh, reminding a person about God's love and um uh, God's plan and God's vision and those kinds of things. One of the things that I think I've I've learned a lot more over the last 28 years and have come to realize is that we, you know, I used to think when I first got into uh, recovery myself that accountability was about all those men in my life reminding me what not to do. And what I found to be so much more uh, important, satisfying, and fulfilling over the last years of my recovery is that uh, my accountability tends to be more on the side these days of encouragement. There are a number of men in my life that encourage me, um, uh, remind me at times of truth, and remind me of my commitment, remind me of my calling, remind me of what's important, remind me of God's direction, reminds me to stay true of, to my vision. I don't, I don't recall, to be honest, and this is going to sound a little bit uh, conceited, I suppose, but 
I, I don't recall the last conversation I've had with any of my accountability partners about sexual temptation. You know, I, you know, it just hasn't been that much of a factor for me after 28 years. But um, I can recall countless conversations that were about encouragement to continue to be the man that God calls me to be, to pursue with passion my vision. So one of the things I teach is, uh, to just sum it up, is that accountability at times is about discouragement. Don't do this. But but much of the time, it's also about encouragement and uh, continuing to challenge uh, each other uh, to move forward in their journey with the Lord, to move forward in their journey in their marriage, to move forward in their journey as fathers, and to move forward in their journey of their calling and passion in life. Well, a minute ago, you used the word that really jumped out of this chapter to me, and that was your use of the word truth. Because you say in the book that we need accountability to confront our faulty ways of thinking. God created us to be truthers, and we mature by walking in truth. And uh, you you feature a couple of passages here. Behold, your de- you delight in the truth in the inward being, from right. Psalm 51. Speaking the truth is love. We are to grow up, you know, in, in, in truth. Um, so I think the encouragement side of this uh, is kind of universal as you encourage your accountability partners that in all we do, let's stay steeped in the truth. Yeah. Maybe that's not a, a bad place to pause and invite the listeners um, to even think to themselves or have a conversation with the group they're listening uh, to this broadcast with. Has there ever been a time in your life when you've had some kind of distorted thinking uh, about something and uh, someone spoke truth to you? And as soon as they said it, you had that intuitive, uh, internal feeling, that's absolutely right. You know, I needed to hear that today. Someone's spoken truth to you and you said, that's wisdom. Yeah, it just feels like wisdom to me. I'm encouraging, uh, whether you're, you're listening to this as a group or as a couple, I know we have a lot of couples listening, just to have a conversation with each other about some of those experiences in your life where you've encountered someone who was willing to speak truth to you, and you automatically knew it was the right thing. I do think that's the uh, power of the Holy Spirit working through community and working through other people. Well, you enhance that opportunity, that that invitation that you just gave our listeners, and, and uh, we encourage them to pause the show right now and, and to have that that discussion or or that thought, because you give some other ones uh, that are also worthy of discussion. If you are in a group, you know, is my thinking a form of denial? Right. Is my thinking a form of fantasy? Is my thinking producing a pattern of avoidance and withdrawal? You know, when we stop and look at it in those terms, I think we're faced, it's kind of God's way of having us face the truth. Right, that's right. Yeah. There's a number of different questions that we could uh, challenge the listeners with, but I I think another good question is, have you had an experience like what we were describing earlier, where for whatever reason you were you were uh, uh, you failed at something, and uh, someone came along and helped? Uh, I can think of lots of examples for that in my own life. Can you think of some example where you uh, experienced the benefit of being on a team? or uh, being in a club or organization, or should we say church, where you felt like the church was pulling together. One of the things as we're recording this today, 
in early October, uh, we're seeing in uh, South Carolina uh, because of all the uh, the epic. They're describing these as epic historic floods, one thousand year floods. And uh, I think uh, one of the news channels is being very good at giving examples of how people are pulling together, Uh, not just stories of dramatic and daring and courageous rescues, but how whole communities are coming over to uh, uh, people's houses and uh, helping them clean up. My favorite was yesterday. They were in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, one of the uh, football teams uh, decided to go out together as a, as a team and help with the cleanup effort in uh, you know various homes. And uh, they discovered uh, that they had been led to the home of the athletic director of their arch-rival school team. Mm-hmm. team. And their, their, their nemesis, their, their uh, deathly rival. And uh, the reporter went up and said, does it bother you at all that you're cleaning up the home of the athletic director of your your worst enemy, and the the very eloquent young man who answered the question said, "It doesn't bother me at all. I mean, we're 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 all family. Uh, we're uh, we're a team. They're a team. Yes, you know, when we were on the field, we don't like them very much. But the truth is that we're all uh, human beings, and we all are family, and we're here to help a family member." And I thought that's an absolutely perfect response, and it's an absolutely wonderful example of how I'm sure there were there were boys on that team that didn't know one end of a mop from another, or you know one end of a shovel or hammer or saw whatever they needed. Um, but the team pulled together, and uh, they uh, they got a lot of great things done in uh, a, a fairly short space of time. Evidently, well that that leads right to one of the bold. Uh, uh, bold print statements that you make in this uh, chapter, which says that accountability requires the right kind of men around you. That's exactly it. That's not a bad place, actually, to stop today, Randy, which is uh, I've seen lots of examples of where we go and try to get advice or help from people who aren't willing to help, aren't able to help, don't know how to help, or give us kind of black and white answers that aren't always that helpful. So I do think it's okay, by the way, to try out, you know, various groups and various places where support groups are meeting. And if it doesn't quite feel like the right fit, um, then, you know, uh, find another group. And uh, But the main point is safe men are men who are willing to speak the truth, willing to encourage you in your walk with with the Lord, and uh, uh, are willing to be helpful and non-judgmental. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett, and I'm the co-host of the Men of Valor program. We hope that this series that we are uh, in the midst of doing is bringing you great insight and uh, and, and helping you as you uh, hear this uh, advice, these directions. Uh, we're not just trying to promote a book, but we're trying to enrich your lives, open your eyes to opportunities that are out there uh, for you, because so many men are struggling and not speaking up. If you find yourself struggling and need our help, we're here to help you. 
Visit faithfulandtrue.com where you'll find lots of resources, articles by Dr. Laser, uh, our bookstore with all of these books, including The Fight of Your Life that we're reviewing right now. We hope that today's show has been beneficial. We hope that you will have a great week that's filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.